0: Welcome to Podcast Palestine, The War on Gaza. A special podcast from the Cairo Review of Global Affairs, where we talk to policymakers, experts, and academics about how the war in the Gaza Strip is unfolding and the prospects of a political endgame. I'm Nadine Shaker. Most of us closely watch the accounts of a number of Palestinian journalists on the ground to receive updates on the war, but also to make sure they are simply still alive. For those journalists, it's been 66 days of documenting the horrors of war against their people, the targeting and death of their colleagues, the destruction of their homes, all the while trying to survive themselves with their families. As of December 11th, the Committee to Protect Journalists has documented the death of 56 Palestinian journalists and media workers. Israel is turning Gaza into what the International Media Support Organization calls a news grave, because as more journalists lose their lives, access to information or news from Gaza will simply disappear with them. But what has it been like for those journalists still doing their jobs during one of the deadliest wars in modern history? I'm joined today by Noor Swirki, one of the few last-standing journalists on the ground in Gaza. This interview was recorded using WhatsApp voice notes on December 12, 2023. Noor, can you describe to us the dangers of reporting in Gaza as a journalist now? How are you able to continue reporting when there's practically no safe place to be?
1: So Gaza Strip one is uh, unsafe at all because um, of this uh, war, because of this shilling, pumping and uh, airstrikes uh, and targeting uh, the people, uh, the civilians, uh, some uh, journalists, our colleagues were targeted and killed by Israeli airstrikes and targets. So reporting in Gaza as a journalist, it's not an easy job at all. We have this concerns of the safety, we have this concerns of the uh, facilities, and we have this concerns of uh, the uh, lasting and continuous communication with the world, with, with the, the internet, with the phones, with some uh, needs like the power, and uh, we need to charge our phones, laptops, our equipment. Uh, so uh, it's not easy at all. We have this shortage of fuel uh, to have an alternative solutions because the power is off uh, we have the danger of being in the field and being in a place I was hit with a no warning at all as it's happening here so uh, being a journalist in Gaza in this war Okay, you are one of the titans who is working in the field. So uh, we are doing that because we are obligated as uh, people who choose to be journalists and to report about the truth and the miserable civilians who is living here in Gaza uh, because of this uh, uh, war. What does your workday look like? So the day uh, for me as a mother and a journalist look like I have two identities. One is uh, a mother and I have to take care of my children. And the second is uh, a journalist have to do uh, her work and her job. So um, I do the both uh, roles and I... I I believe I'm doing my best. I wake up in a shelter now because I have been displaced for the second time. Currently I'm based in Rafah. And I have my children with me and I moved also to work from Rafah because I can't uh, move to other other governance because uh, it's dangerous and I have the s and uh, services here in, the, in the Rafah. So still, yani, uh, despite this flexibility, uh, still the, the situation is very dangerous and my day looks like I'm fighting to live and I'm fighting
0: to do my job. You wrote on December 6th that you were displaced for a second time and that if anyone looked at the faces of refugees who lost their security lives, homes and families, they'd see the anger of the world and disappointment pouring from their eyes. Can you tell us your story of displacement and what were the thoughts going through your head after being displaced again and seeing the world fail you? I've been uh, displaced
1: for the second time now, Uh, on uh, the uh, 1st of December I evacuated to Rafah after I've spent at least 40 days in Khan Yunis and I'm from Gaza City so I've been displaced for the uh, second time uh, with my family and my children. Every time I was moving with my uh, children i have this fearness of uh, losing them i'm seeking safety and um I know that we are uh, as civilians dealing with an Israeli army who didn't respect the international humanitarian law and the principles of conflict. So we may be subjected to any violation, any target, any time, and no one would be held responsible for uh, this massacre or um, for this uh, violation. So every time I heard about the evacuation, we received this leaflet from the Israeli army. I moved to another area seeking safety and to save my children as one of my main reasons for this evacuations. The world failed to, to save our rights, failed to uh, save our dignity. Failed to support us. Failed to stop this war against us as civilians. Because most, the majority, of the uh, fatalities and injured people are civilians from children and women. Uh, we lost our homes. We lost our souls. We lost our money. We lost our beloved ones, and we lost every memory, good memory, with this city. So. Um, yeah, it's not a war against uh, one party. It's a war against anything Palestinian and against our memory, against
0: our, our existence. So you mentioned you were displaced to Rafah. That's right on the border with Egypt. Um, and I read that in a post you wrote that you've always wanted to live next to the sea but that the sound of the crashing waves of night mixed with the bombing is terrifying. Uh, What does Rafah look and sound like?
1: Uh, In Rafah, uh, I moved to a place in the western area of Rafah and uh, there is no facilitation at all. We are close to the sea, there is no electricity, no uh, water, uh, no communication with the internet and even we lose the connection with the um, mobile networks. This time was very hard for me because uh, we moved not for buildings, not for uh, places which is uh, rehabilitated with the people. Uh, we moved to areas, uh, open areas, and people are living in um, tents of plastic, and uh, they build it from wood and it's in, uh, plastic bags. And some of them, not all of them. Some of them are uh, sleeping on uh, on the street with their children and uh, family members. We are cooking with, uh, in, on the wood and uh, burnt wood, and we are um, uh, looking for water. And we know it's unsafe water and drink a uh, drinkable, but we we drink it because we don't have any other choices. Uh, it's completely a dehumanizing situation. We are. Uh, we, we not only lose our lives, we lose our dignity. And this is a big issue, we lose our dignity. It's not about death only, it's about the dignity. We here as civilians, we lost our dignity in this war. Yes, because we are displaced even for that the, the, Let's talk about... The, toilets. We don't find toilets to go there and to to have some shower. So, yeah, I believe in this war we lost our uh,
0: dignity. And yes, I'm completely shocked now while I'm saying that. What is the next step for you and your family, you think?
1: Well, for the next step, nobody knows because we don't have plans. We are under fire, we are just waiting for our destiny to die or not to die, to wake up in the next morning saying thanks God we are still alive or to die in the same day or on that night. So we don't have any choices, we don't have any next step. All what we need is we are seeking to be safe and alive and hopefully we don't have or we will not be forced to move again. People thinking about that, if we are will move to uh, Sinai or not, but um, it will be a nightmare, <laughs> something horrible to do, to have to move for another. can no know. We don't want that. We don't. Uh, we want to stay in our homes, in our lands, and that's it. If it's destroyed, okay, we will rebuild this city again, and uh, that's it. We'll fight for our life here, in the Gaza Strip, not in another place. And hopefully, hopefully we are uh, not to be forced to move for uh, another area.
0: So we've been seeing posts from, you know, beloved journalists that we follow in Gaza. And we're seeing how despairing they are. You know, they keep mentioning experiencing this fatigue from reporting and this trauma. They're posting messages of despair and frustration. You also posted that you don't have the ability to energy to even communicate with people or to let them know that you're okay and to give details of your situation. Can you tell us a little bit about how reporting on such a horrific war for more than two months now is affecting you? Well, this
1: is one of the most horrific wars and escalation i live in the Gaza Strip, I witnessed all the previous ones, but this one is completely different. Me, as a journalist, yes, I'm traumatized. I meet people every single moment, and they keep asking about what is going on. They uh, keep telling their stories, and I'm asking for their uh, stories, to report about it. The the stories and the witnessing of these uh, crimes we we see that uh, the killed people the injuries uh, the bodies of the killed people me myself i saw th- some bodies of the children who have been killed in one of the airstrikes in khanyunis and i was thinking for a, a moment what if they were my children while i am out of this uh, of of home or of the shelter what if something there happened and i lost them What if I was in the hospital and uh, I received them as uh, added children, so this doesn't sound good at all. To think about that, it's a kind of madness to to have this situation in your life and um, yes, me, myself, I'm traumatized and I know that after this war I need for some uh, psychological support and and some interventions related to my uh,
0: situation. What coping mechanisms are you using to simply survive and go on? What motivates you to continue?
1: well the mechanisms um that we are working we don't think about anything else only work and work and work because if we will think about anything happening here we will lose our minds we have beloved ones we lost them we lost our beloved things also so um uh, me and my friends and colleagues who is working in this field of journalism, we said that we have to continue working and not thinking about what is happening there. We have to report and not to think about the details of our uh, personal lives and uh, our uh, personal loss. So just to be able to continue. And when this war comes to an end,
0: we will have the time to cry. As a journalist using social media and I know other means to bring us unfiltered reporting of the situation in Gaza, you offer a unique brand and style of reporting that is totally different from what mainstream or Western media has been um, showing us. It's drawn; it's very impactful. For us, that you know, the impact of that reporting is uh, is seen and is felt. How do you feel uh, what you do has contributed to changing the narrative on Palestine abroad?
1: Maybe, not sure. But I believe with all of these efforts from the journalists and the activists uh, on the social media platforms, I believe, yeah, we made something positive. But not sure if it's contributed to the narrative changing itself or not, because I believe we have a blind board who is believing in the Israeli narratives, and still they say that some of the news that we are reporting is a kind of uh, lying and it's false. So still the people of the world need more efforts but we do our best and we believe in ourselves that we are doing that with uh, high professionalism and Yes, some, sometime or someday they will know that this is the truth.
0: What would you tell those who are maybe like myself, not in Gaza, and want to help bring an end to the war, but don't know how or feel like their voices don't matter? What would you tell those people?
1: Um, I believe anyone who wants to support um, he or she uh, have to believe that divorces uh, matter. Matter with us as Palestinians, matter with us as civilians, and matter with us as journalists who needs the support of the voices uh, from uh, the outside of the Gaza Strip. So they have to continue what they are doing. They do it with a high principles. Yes, we need you. We we are in favor and grateful for you. Do it and. Uh, continue what you are doing because we, this matters for us as Palestinians yeah, it matters
0: Thank you for listening to Podcast Palestine The War on Gaza and to my guest Noor Swirki This episode was produced by myself and by the Cairo Review's Deputy Senior Editor Omar Auf. Let us know what you thought of this episode and share your feedback with us on social media. You can find a full transcript of the interview on our website. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Salim